Hello, my beautiful Speech with Rach friends and family, and welcome back to another episode of the Speech with Rach podcast. My name is Rachel Musial, M-A-C-C-C-S-L-P, and I am here to talk to you about all the things that grad school kind of didn't talk about. In this podcast, if you're a new listener, an old listener, you can find a lot of tips when it comes to things like self-care, setting boundaries, mental health, mindfulness, and topics really touching on the realness of life beyond the scope of being an SLP. And in today's episode, I really wanted to dive into a topic that Unfortunately, I have seen become so much more normalized over time, and that is burnout. Burnout is a buzzword, not only in the speech field, but I think across fields. Um, This past year with COVID too, I think that burnout really took on a new meaning when we had to learn how to separate our home environment from our work environment and really learn how to set those boundaries. So I've been incredibly interested in burnout and doing a lot of research on it. And one of the things I've been doing for research is reading an incredible book called The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And this is a book all about what burnout is and how to manage it. So in today's episode, I really want to dive into the nitty gritty of the key characteristics, the definitions of burnout and seven different strategies that you can do in this moment to combat that so that you don't burn out to the point that I did and end up in the hospital. We're gonna get to all of that and more in this week's episode, so let's get started. Burnout, burnout, ugh, a word that I just, I don't like it, guys. I think that for so many years in my life, growing up, I was always a hard worker, and I was always getting things done, but it wasn't until the intensity of graduate school and my clinical fellowship year that I realized that I didn't necessarily need to be experiencing some of the burnout or symptoms that I had been my entire life, thinking that the way that I was feeling was normal when really it wasn't. So before I get into today what burnout is and how to combat it, I just want to quickly share my little journey with burnout for those of you that don't know. Again, like I said, I've always been a hard worker. I've always had multiple jobs at a time just due to my family, always struggling with money growing up. But when I was in my CF year, I had the biggest eye-opening experience because my body gave up on me. So I'm from Chicago originally, and I moved to Los Angeles for my CF. And I figured, let's get to the sun, let's get away, and let's try something new. And in that year, about a month after I started my CF, I started breaking out in hives. Now, this had happened to me previously when I was in middle school. 
And I had seen dermatologists, doctors, specialists, take an allergy test, you name it. And it was inconclusive. But then it went away. Fast forward to 10, 12, 15 years later, all of a sudden, I'm starting to break out in hives again. So when it first started with me, I was kind of thinking, okay, this must be my old chronic health issues that have been coming up for whatever reason, right? I'm in a new environment, something's going on. So when I first saw the hives on my body, I thought it must be something that I am, I don't know, putting into my body or not doing right. So I changed my laundry detergent, started changing some of the fragrances I was using. I started watching maybe what food or drinks made me feel a certain way. But the hives kept coming. Even when I was trying to control factors in my life, they would pop up. And they'd pop up out of nowhere. I would be walking into an IEP meeting and all of a sudden, I would have hives and red splotches all over my chest. Within that same year, on top of the hives, I started experiencing intense stomach issues. I saw rheumatologists, surgeons, doctors. Um, I went and got a colonoscopy and endoscopy at the age of 25 because my body was in so much pain all the time and I didn't know what it was. And I started getting other symptoms like bronchitis. I had bronchitis like two or three times. I had recurring sinus infections. I broke an ankle. I broke a rib. It was like the year of health bills. And so funny, I actually, I went to did my, my, do my taxes from that year. And that year alone, I spent eight grand in medical bills after insurance, eight grand, because my body was shutting down. And it wasn't until I had had like my fourth or fifth recurring sinus infection that a doctor said, you know, are you stressed? And I said, well, yeah, I'm a CF. I have 85 kids. I am commuting between multiple schools. I am driving an hour and a half to work. I don't know how to advocate for myself. Uh, So yeah. I'm stressed. Oh, and by the way, during all of this, I'm also getting kind of graded on it all. While I'm struggling, I am being watched and noted and learning. So yeah, I'm stressed. And my doctor went, you know, I'm I'm very concerned that the stress that you were experiencing from your job is making you chronically ill. I think you need to take a break. And I literally remember laughing. And I was sitting in the exam room laughing in his face. And I'm like, ha <laughs> ha. Take a break from my CF and be more behind? Absolutely not. How could I take a break? How could I leave my kids? I had 85. If I took a break, I'd be even more behind. And I was freaking out and freaking out and freaking out. And I moved to Denver that coming school year in the fall. And I took on a new position that had only 50 kids. The caseload, you know, I had 50. The other SLP had 50. I was supported. I felt like I had better practices, and all of a sudden, I'm talking to my mom on the phone one day, and she goes, how's your hives, by the way? And I was like, oh, my God. I haven't gotten them since I moved to Denver. Literally, they were every single day in my life in L.A. And when I moved here and I took on a more healthy environment and I started doing self-care practices, I started saying no 
my body literally adjusted. So what I want to share with you guys is even if you think you can maybe manage a lot of things going on, your body keeps the score. Your body will not lie to you, right? So what I want to put a little warning in here is while mental health is incredibly important, so is physical health. And a lot of times those things are connected. So just being aware and noticing if you are seeing changes both in your physical health, your mental health, and or starting to maybe take a look at your life, your situation, your environments, and seeing what or if those things could be related to or if they could be connected. Now, looking back at it, I really realized that I was incredibly burned out during that time. But again, I kept thinking it was normal, right? In our field, we are people pleasers, right? We want, we want to be there for everyone all the time. And especially as a new CF, you don't want to say no sometimes because you want to be teachable and approachable. And I really wish that I had learned in grad school the reality of high caseload numbers and what a job could look like if if it did not support you. And I've also learned now that it doesn't have to be that way, okay? Now, there's certain environments that you might find yourself in that you get kind of stuck in, and I'm going to help you work through those with these strategies. But I'm also going to advocate for listening to and trusting in your intuition. And if something doesn't feel right, it's okay to step away, you guys. No one's watching you. No one's counting your defeats, looking at those things. We are helpers. And if we can't help ourselves, we're not going to be effective. So sometimes you might have to step away from an environment into something else. Other times you might just have to make some changes in the way you manage that environment. So let's start and let's really dive into now what burnout is and kind of the science behind it. Okay, so... What the heck is burnout, right? Burnout actually has a definition, um, and it was coined by Herbert Frudenberger in 1975, funny enough. (laughs) So even back then, you guys, people were experiencing burnout. Now, burnout technically has three components to the definition. Emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and decreased sense of accomplishment. So, emotional exhaustion. This is where we are feeling too much and carrying too many things for too long. We all have experienced emotional exhaustion. Depersonalization is when you feel as though you don't have any more empathy, caring, or compassion. You might feel very separate or away from your purpose or your job. And then the third component of burnout is a decreased sense of accomplishment. Kind of feeling like nothing you are doing, even as hard as you are working, is making a difference. And I can confidently say I have definitely experienced all of those things. And here's the really sad part. 20 to 30% of teachers in America have moderately high to high levels of burnout. Why is that a thing? Why is that normalized? So your body 
feels a lot of these things in response to stress. Um, And I really, I want to make a big differentiation between the idea of stress and stressors. So stressors are things that activate our stress response, right? Things we hear, we smell, we touch. Those are things like family time, work expectation, um, norms, all of those things. There's a lot of stressors in our lives, both external and internal. We may have internal stressors like body image, mental health, self-esteem. Now, stress is the process or the physiological shift that the body goes through when you encounter one of these stressors. And really, we know that stress is an evolutionary adapted response. When we were cavemen, hunters, gatherers, stress was there to help us cope with things, to manage them. Our body would go through this awakening, this fight, flight, or freeze response, where our our sympathetic nervous system would kick into gear and we would feel as though we need to react to a situation to survive. Now, here's the problem with that in today's day and age. We have more and more stressors in our life due to society, personal norms, expectations, discrimination. And these stressors, while different from the ones we experienced as cavemen, almost feel more often and more intense. So our body is going through this stress cycle where we are releasing hormones so many more times throughout the day than maybe we were in the past. And so, like I said, when you go through this stress cycle, you feel or you see a threat and your body kicks into high gear. This is the where burnout comes into play. We kick our body into high gear and then it stays there, right? We don't give ourselves time to come back down again, to harmonize with where we need to be And that's where burnout happens. When you do not complete the stress cycle, when you do not let the stress go fully out of your body, rather it builds up and you experience it and let it stay there, you end up feeling more burned out because your body has all this energy in it that it doesn't know what to do. So really, managing burnout is completing the stress cycle. And there's a lot of different things that you can do to complete the stress cycle. But the number one thing is physical activity. And when I say physical activity, there's a few different ways that you can go about that. You can run. You can swim. You can dance around your living room. For how long? Technically, 20 to 60 minutes a day really does it for a lot of people because by doing that, you are really getting that energy out in your body, right? Your body does not know that what you're going through is rational stress, right? It just feels the stress and it goes, oh my God, and it freaks out. So that is how you complete it, is you let that energy out. For me, you guys know, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner, okay? The only thing I'm running is running away from something attacking me. That's probably the only time I'm running, okay? I'm a dancer. Um, I have a Happy Tunes playlist that is up on my Spotify that I will put on my Instagram also. And it is all high vibe songs that I turn up, 
and I just vibe. I dance, I move, I let that energy be free. For me, again, I try to do it a minimum of 15 to 20 minutes a day. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. Now, if you are not a dancer, someone that maybe enjoys physical activity, there are still six other evidence-based strategies that can help you combat burnout. The next one is breathing. So we all know that diaphragmatic breathing is very, very powerful. Breathing is really effective when maybe you are going through some minimal stress, something that is maybe a little bit more in your mind, where you might have to tell yourself to slowly take in a breath, hold it, and let it out again. I use breathing both with myself and with my students because there are times where they feel stressed during their session and they need to let it out. So I use a belly breathing or diaphragmatic breathing where you are inhaling and doubling the amount of time you hold your exhale out to slow down your fight or flight response, okay? Breathing is awesome. If you are also interested in more resources on breathing, Sesame Street does a whole monster meditation series on breathing, and it's a really great way to just practice it both with yourself and your kiddos. Another way to combat burnout is to have positive social interaction. Now, I know with COVID in this day and age, it can be a little bit difficult, but even something as simple as meeting up with a friend for coffee, going to the store, connecting with other people, not just sitting in your own energy and thoughts, but getting that energy out there and really meshing it with the energy of other people. Another big one is laughter. Laughter is literally medicine for the body, okay? And I'm not saying fake laughter. I mean deep, impolite belly laughs. When we laugh, we are using an ancient evolutionary system that mammals have evolved to make and maintain social bonds and regulate emotions. I laugh by putting on a funny episode of Friends. I watch old videos or I call people that I know will make me giggle. Laughter is a very, very, a very effective tool. And when you can laugh at yourself in a moment of stress, it, it just, I don't know, you guys, it really helps you manage it a lot better and not be so hard on yourself. The next strategy is affection. Now, affection is usually involving physical touch, not always, but this is usually coming from someone that you love or care about. A really powerful way to practice affection is doing a deep hug with your partner. Like a 20-second hug where you just hold each other. There is literally research out there that suggests that a 20-second hug can change your hormones, lower your blood pressure and your heart rate, and improve your mood. All of these are reflected in the post-hug increase in the social bonding hormone, oxytocin. So when you hug someone, you release oxytocin, which is our happiness hormone, and we feel better. So a hug, a kiss, a little bit of affection or interaction from a partner, a friend, a puppy, you name it. Another one, a big old cry. Getting those emotions out of there. 
okay? This is where Asha makes me want to scream <laughs> because Asha came out with an article. I don't know. I think it was this year or last year. And one strategy that they gave for managing stress effectively was to cry in your car. Now, I'm all about crying, but crying in your car is not okay because that normalizes it being a thing that we need to do outside of work, right? Saying that work is so overwhelming that we need to keep our emotions separately and allow that only in a sacred space. And that's not true, you guys. If you're feeling upset, be upset. Don't hold it in. Don't be negative about it, but see what you can do about it. Share with your coworkers. Maybe sometimes be honest with your kiddos with your emotions. And then when you feel it, let it out. Don't wait till your car if you don't have to, okay? I love that Asha is telling us to feel our emotions, but I don't think it's okay to normalize those emotions consistently, okay? Like if you were crying in your car every day, that is a problem with your work environment and you really need to take a look at the expectations that you have for yourself and that your environment or your job has for you. Now, my last strategy, I think it's my last one. My last strategy for you guys is creative expression. There are so many things you can do to express. For me, I'm a theater kid. You all know that. I express myself in my TikToks, in my reels, in my podcasts. I love to paint, create, and write. Now, the biggest thing when it comes to creative expression, I think, is not having an end goal. The definition of play is doing something without a result or an end goal in mind. So when you're letting things out creatively, don't be judging yourself or how the painting looks or how the story's going. Just allow that creativity to flow out of you as it needs to be in that moment without judgment. Now, I'm hoping that some of these strategies can give you guys ideas of ways to manage burnout if you are feeling it. Like I said, burnout is something that we will feel from time to time, but if it you are feeling that more often than feeling positivity and happiness, then you really need to do an audit of what you are allowing into your life. And sometimes you have to set that expectation, right? If you answer a text at Friday night, your clients are going to expect that you answer texts on the weekends. So set the expectation with your behavior. Don't bring paperwork home. Don't answer those things. I can promise you, your environment will adjust. We are the ones sometimes, sometimes, not always, putting that extra work on ourselves. So by learning to recognize the signs of burnout, you can kind of advocate for and manage them a little bit better. Again, I'm really going to recommend this book, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagowski for anyone that is wondering more about the science behind or how to manage burnout themselves. But I will continue to share these things as I am learning as well with you all through my podcast, my Instagram, and my courses. And if you are a grad student and you are feeling any of these things, worried about any of these things, or want to go into them more, I really recommend jumping in to my Finding and Landing Your CFY Workshop. 
In this workshop, I'm going to talk about the process of transitioning from grad school to your CF, finding that job, nailing your interview, negotiating for yourself, and then those next steps to mentally and physically prepare yourself to take on a new position and get ahead of the possible burnout that you could be feeling. These tickets are up on my Instagram in my Linktree bio in my profile, as well as Eventbrite. That's where the link will take you to. It is going to be a virtual workshop on Sunday, May 2nd at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. However, the whole thing will be recorded. So if you can attend, if you can't, either way, everyone will receive a copy of the recording as well to go back through my presentation and PowerPoint in case there's another time in their life that they might need a little bit of support in this area. So grad students, I highly recommend that you attend this because I will be talking on some of these topics as well as finding and landing your dream CF job. Thank you guys again for joining me for another honest episode with you all. If this resonated with you, please, please let me know. Share it on your stories. Tag me. Message me. Rate it. Write a review. The more the episodes that I see get a lot of downloads and feedback and support are the areas that I really like to dive deep into, okay? And also remember that I am starting a new segment that I've been kind of bad about called Dear Rachel, where if you have a personal question that you really want answered, once a week I'm going to be putting up a question box that I can then use those to answer in part of my podcast episodes as well. So just stay tuned for those as well in case there's anything personally that you feel as though would be beneficial to the speech community as a whole. I've learned that so many times, more often than not, when we're struggling, someone else's too. So don't feel as though you need to be silent with those feelings. Know that a lot of us are going through it and that by sharing your struggles with others, it helps them stand up for themselves and realize that they're not alone. I am sending you guys so much love and light on this beautiful, beautiful day. And we will all talk again soon. Until next time. 